Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Hello, everybody. I am so happy to have with us Teresa Kuhn live from Austin, Texas, where she's under, she's in her bunker somewhere in the Austin Hills or something. I don't know where she's calling us from, but she is probably one of my favorite people in the world because if I had any money at all, I would give it to Teresa because I trust her with it and she'd probably run off somewhere. Well, anyway, now, Teresa, we've talked to you before. I want you to, in the middle of all this insanity, like be a voice of reason. Tell me, you know, Kind of what's happening with you and your clients and what's going on? You know, what are your thoughts here? Hi, Tammy. So awesome to be here with you. And you know what I was thinking recently? We have worked together for over a decade and we've lived through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of different things going on in the market. And I think more ups than downs, certainly. But um, thank you. And I do appreciate your friendship and I appreciate your support and all your marketing genius stuff that you help us with. So just wanted my to craziness you. and my craziness. Thank you so much for that. But yeah. Your out of the boxness, your uniqueness, <laughs> your unicornness. I don't know. I don't know if those are words, but just wanted to thank you. Well, you're making wow. up stuff, making up language. Not the first time somebody who's trained as an attorney has done that. Here we are in the middle of the pandemic. And I can remember saying, you know, I told you I wrote that article for someone who said, well, Barring a black swan event, we should have a good 2020. So now, what are you thinking there? And what are your clients telling you? And, you know, just give me an appraisal because as a financial professional, I'm sure you see a lot of different angles to this. And if you see some silver linings, I'd sure like to know about them. Well, you know, to start with acknowledging that there are a lot of people hurting today. And I think this is a black swan event. This is absolutely like a crazy black swan event. Now, there have been, you know, fiction that's been written about this and there have been some panels and some people in in secret organizations that play out these scenarios, you know, these what if scenarios, what if there is a pandemic and what would it look like and, you know, how long before we get a vaccine and when we have a vaccine, should we have some kind of chip in the vaccine to or mark on the vaccine so we can, you know, figure out who actually took it or who didn't and who's hanging out with who and are they really being quarantined or staying within, you know, isolation and, you know, all that crazy stuff, right? And we read that and we're like, oh, that's, that's not basically in reality at all. They're talking about a dystopian society and that will never happen. And Tammy, we are living that that life right now. And it's it's pretty crazy. You know, back in the old days, remember Star Trek, the original Star, or not the original Star Trek, but Star Trek, the next generation, they used to be able to push a button on a replicator and get whatever food or item that they needed. Mm-hmm. You can just about do that, can't you? Well, I think the technology is there. It just hasn't been commercialized yet, right? But the future is here. The, that dystopian society or the dystopian, you know, fiction that has, has been out there in fiction is here. And I want to acknowledge 
if you are hurting, if you've been laid off, if you're scared about your finances, if you're not thriving or feeling confident at all, I want to acknowledge you. I want to make sure that you take from the conversation that Tammy and I are having today and don't think that we're being flippant or really recognizing that people are hurting. Want to make sure you know that. Absolutely. And we don't want to, we're just trying to be a little, um, we're trying to put a, a rainbow on it maybe, you know, because it's nothing but do, doom and gloom on the, on the media, Teresa, right? Absolutely. So we want to give hope, we want to give encouragement, and we want to perhaps have you consider to think a little bit differently about the situation that we're in. Tell tell people who you are and what you do and why you perhaps look at things quite a bit differently than an average quote unquote financial person. Well, I have a I have a financial degree, I have a law degree. I practiced law for a small period of time in the swamp in DC and thankfully got out because my husband was transferred and I thought, you know, I'm not getting licensed in every state in the country while I'm chasing his career. And I was happy that we chased his career. It was, it was great. The work that he did was less flexible than the work I did. I went back to working with money. I've done a ton of personal development, a lot of business coaching. I've had the benefit of working with some of the most incredible brains, mindset, people in in the planet. I'm so grateful for all the training that I've I've done. And it's prepared me to be in a place today where I'm really very present and I'm I hope I'm leading my my company and my clients to be grounded and to think differently about the situation. I think all of the training and coaching and conferences and everything that I've been to, you know, have trained me for moments like these. And so the financial services company that I have was designed specifically around safe money strategies, what I call safe money strategies. I worked for a Wall Street firm early on in my career. I recognized very quickly that that I was not wired to work in that environment because I never wanted to pick up the phone and tell a client they lost money. I'm just not wired that way. And philosophically, I wanted to offer strategies and solutions to people to give them something different than what Wall Street offers. So that's my history. I've, so, I've, got so family, I've got a husband. I've got a son. You got everything. Um, you got a cat. I have right? My health. Well, our cats passed away. Oh, we lost our kitties. Yeah, mm-hmm. very sad about that. I'm thinking in this world where, you know, there must be pets that are being abandoned, it's time to adopt. I'm giving that a lot of thought because it it's is. a, a lifelong so, commitment. So let's look at let's look at 2020 a little bit. And we start the year off super confident, high flying, looking like a guaranteed victory for Donald Trump. A lot of things are happening, right? A lot of positive things, although a lot of people don't understand that our economy was kind of a sham to begin with, and there was that specter of debt looming over our head. So then here comes the pandemic. So tell me what your thoughts were. I mean, I'm sure you weren't surprised. I was surprised by what it was that popped the bubble, but you weren't surprised by the bubble. So kind of explain what you saw coming. Well, so I have dual roles in in my business. I'm you know, the CEO of my business, and I'm also an advisor. 
and work with clients day in and day out. And we've been doing what we do for a very long time. We've been doing it more than, you know, most people in, in my space. You know, basically we work with whole life, specially designed whole life policies and very spe specific annuities, right? So those are the two main products that we work with. And in the last year, the conversations we've been having reminded me of conversations we were having back you know, in 2007, 2008, right around the real estate bubble before things popped. You may recall, the real estate bubble actually was very regional and popped closer to 2005, 2006 in the Midwest. And the marketing that we did way back when, very, very strategic, was we're a national firm, we work all over the country, and we marketed in specific regions because I never wanted to be dependent on one region and there be a catastrophe and then I'm out of business, right? I've got no one to serve. And so we were working with the Midwest, we were working with the DC market, Florida, Texas, and what do they call it? The West, you know, Nevada and, and, and Arizona. Even though we've got clients all over, that's where we marketed too, right? And what I was seeing in the Midwest was real estate prices tanking and you know people not able to sell their homes and we came from the midwest we came from ohio after dc and we had a stunning home couldn't sell it we moved to texas without selling the home and texas would have, was austin texas was a thriving economy and we we'd tell people you know they'd be like oh when are you buying a home and we're like well we're we're waiting to sell our home and they're like well why isn't your house selling is it a dump you know i know what that's what they were thinking and we're like, you know, it's a stunning home, but that market is really bad. And so we kept dropping the price of our home every single month because we wanted to move on with our life and didn't know when the bottom was going to hit. Well, 2008 happened, 2009, 2010. And the buzz with our clients, when we knew what was going on regionally in the Midwest, and we'd talk to other clients in other areas, we'd be like, you know, this is happening, just FYI, it hasn't hit you yet, it may not. You know, conversations start, I'm, I'm concerned, I see this going on, what can I do with my money? Well, that started happening last year. But differently from the from the perspective of the market's at an all-time high and when should I get out? Well, we have strategic conversations. I'm not Wall Street licensed on purpose, right? So we're having conversations. Look, how old are you? You know, what is your objective with your money? How are you going to feel if the market drops 20, 30%, maybe even 40 or 50? And it landed with some and some were like, yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Well, fast forward today for the people who have lost a lot of money in their retirement accounts that are older, that are thinking, I can't make this up. It's a bad time. There's there's a couple of things here. People, it's easy to just dismiss this as people didn't learn their lesson the first time, but I think it's more involved than that. It is also because people were chasing returns because of the policies of the Federal Reserve. They just couldn't they didn't either know about safe money. I mean, they did if they hung around with you, but a lot of people don't understand how that works or they were told the wrong things and they actually believed they could make up some of the money they lost in 2007 with this bull market. I, I think that's true, but I think there's, you, you know, we live in the United States of amnesia, right? 
after 2010, let's say, right? Depending on how old you were, if you were in your 60s around then, you either, you know, just gave up on, on you know, ever recuperating what you lost, um, but recognize you needed a different strategy because you couldn't afford to lose anything else. If you were in your 50s, you may have been more careful, right? But if you were in your 40s or, or younger, it's United States of Amnesia. There was a frenetic energy in the markets for the last couple years. Every single week, the market was reaching new highs. It, there was a buzz. There was an energetic buzz. And I don't know if it's because I talk to clients all day long and I'm talking about money all day long, but I sensed it and I got it, but it was visceral for me. And there's something that happens with that buzz, Tammy, that people don't talk about. People need to understand this. And I'm going to give the analogy and I'm, I'm, I'm going to engage you here. You know, when you started dating your husband, wasn't there a buzz about you and your husband and even when you weren't with him, you know, can't rem I can't remember that. That was that a long time ago. Back. No, I mean, actually, yes, because you know the endorphins and you get that with the uh, whenever you're in a casino, too. That's why people play. Yes. People go to Las Vegas. You get you get a buzz. I remember I was I mean, this is a good story that will fit right in with what you're saying. I don't go very often, but I went to Reno when I used to live in Northern California and I took, my friend was visiting me from Belgium, so we went to the casino. He wanted to see it. A lot different than they are in Europe. And we were there, and I, I got on a roulette. I never play that, because, you know, the house always wins on that one. There's just no mm -hmm. chance. And I played roulette, and I won the first time, and I went, oh, that's interesting. And then I started winning, Teresa. And I probably had about three grand. And I just got that, that buzz, like you were talking about. And my friend looks at me and I put everything on black, black 17, right? I mean, that's pretty specific. I mean, I would have won so much money. It would have been crazy. But what are the odds, right? But I did it anyway and I lost everything. Yes. So you get that buzz. There is something chemically. Our chemistry changes when we're winning. And... I don't want to take away responsibility from people. I don't want them to feel like, oh, it's not my fault. I was in love. I was infatuated. I've got all these hormones that are ranging through, ranging, raging through my body, right? And I used to know what all those hormones were and whatever. They could be endorphins, dopamine. I don't remember technically the words, right? But you're buzzed. And you don't you're, make good decisions when you do that, you when you're like that. Decisions. <laughs> You just don't. And then what do you go from, right? And investing is so emotional. You're going from euphoric, high, buzzed, greed to reptilian brain, fear, pull the trigger. I can't stand the losses anymore. Government can save me, quarantine me, you know, martial law. You go to the other extreme. And that's why we refer to the Dalbar study, an objective study from an, a, from a, an organization that studies actual investor return. And they've pegged it every year and they show investors really aren't great at investing. And I think that's something that Wall Street kind of counts on. It's, uh, you know, and, and you get lured back in. It's, it is the brass ring. 
that you're always trying to repeat what you do. Like, well, I remember four years ago, I made you know 12% on that stock. I understand that need to go back. But again, as you saw, it's paper wealth, right? Because all these multimillionaires one day and they woke up the next day and 50% of their portfolio was gone. Isn't it better to own assets, Teresa? Come on, let's talk about what are practical things people should should have their well, money. Before in. we go there, I want to I want to address something. You said Wall Street, you know, relies on that, depends on that. They know that. They know how we're wired. Who else knows that about Sorry. marketers and marketers. the casinos? And the they casinos. Know that. Yeah, every casino is designed, designed around the psycho human psychology. As a matter of fact, when they build a new casino, their primary, the first person they hire usually is a trained behavioral scientist. Of course, and Wall Street's got them too, right? And so what, is, what do the casinos do you know, with their chips? The chips are designed to separate you from your money. If you were putting the keys to your car on the card table that you were gambling, do you think that you'd really go through with that bet? Or if you were, were putting like your I, child, I know, your, your child. child, right? <laughs> or the keys to your house or, or, or dollar bills in front of you, wouldn't that give you like a reason to pause? What's well, the same thing with Wall Street? They know it's paper, right? And so you're separated from that experience. And most people, what do they do in times like these? They don't open up their statements. I can't tell you how many people I talked to in, in 2005 through 2010 and said, I'm not opening up my statements. I can't handle the truth. So really important point I, I want to bring home is that, right? It's not just Wall Street. And you know what? Yeah, we're picking on Wall Street today. Okay, whatever. Is there a place for Wall Street? Perhaps. I'm not here to defend Wall Street. I'm really not here to put it down. There are some legitimate companies in, that you need to look at, and there will be some bargains. There will be some people that will profit from this, this uh, always. market. Absolutely. You know? It's a and, transfer and of wealth what's going on. Warren Buffett, uh, you know, he said the other day, I saw an interview with him and he just said basically, hey, don't make your decisions on the basis of headlines. I wish somebody would study Warren Buffett's brain and why he's wired the exact opposite of the average investor. I don't know if he lacks empathy. I don't know if he's just cold. I don't know if he's missing some hormones. I don't know how that man's wired, but I want to know how he's wired. I think a lot of his is, rep lot. is is his background and how he was raised. And also, I, I think he could be a person that can separate himself. I've known a few people like this from his emotional side, you know, compartmentalize mm -hmm. his, his practical and look solely at the data and solely at the 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 numbers and be there's a few people that can do that. Some engineers probably, you know, that can separate themselves from their emotions better than most people can. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but we, most of us are not like that. That's just no, those true. are the rare birds out there. And any behavioral economist would tell you that. So looking at what, where we are right now, though, what, what are your first of all, what are your clients telling you when they call you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you didn't lose a penny, did you? I want people to understand that none of your clients through your own actions. Now, they might have lost money in other ways, but for anything that you did, 
they didn't lose anything, right? Nope. Everything we do keeps their money safe, keeps them safe. And I do have clients that don't invest in Wall Street, have other investments. I have clients that are business owners that have investments everywhere, including their business. They're suffering, but they've got money safe and secure. And, and that's that's why we do what we do. And what we did didn't resonate with everybody, right? You know, over the years, you've got clients who say, you know what, this sounds good. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. But you know, I'm okay with risk. There is a place for risk and there's a place for reserves and safe money. And there's nothing else out there anywhere. And there's a $100,000 challenge that's been out there for over 10 years. When you look at the benefits of what it is that we do, nothing else matches it. Nothing. Right, right. And, and, and the thing is, the way you help people is to get them, uh, the conventional way of planning is that planning for income comes the very last after everything else. If you flip it on its head, and say, okay, look, let's plan for your income first. No matter what age you are, let's plan for your income. And then if you want to do other things with your money, once you've got some peace of mind that you're going to have a guaranteed stream of income, then you can go out and look for other income producing assets and things like that. You'll have that. And, and that's what I should have done. That's what I wish somebody had just said to me. Look, even though you're only in your 20s or 30s, go ahead and plan for income streams when you need them. And then you can play around with your money. Absolutely. Plan for, you know, have savings so you can become your own source of financing. So you don't have to go to the credit card companies and you don't have to go to car, you know, financing for your cars or anything else. So set that up as a foundation. You're always gonna need it. You're always gonna need to tap into it. Plan for sources of income right? You know, take care of what's going to provide you income when, you know, you want to retire, stop working if that's what you want to do. And then risk the rest if you want to. But it, we're so backwards. We're so backwards in how we teach people, right? It's invest, 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 put money into 401ks, qualified plans, tie it up, put it in jail where you can't touch it. And you know what? You don't have a whole lot in savings. So you've got to finance and you've got to go to credit cards and you've got to, you know, buy your cars through, you know, Nissan at 3%. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm experiencing right now because I got myself out of debt and it was thought I was doing really well. And then uh, this hit. So, I mean, we, we do acknowledge there's a lot of people like me out there that just live paycheck to paycheck. As a matter of fact, I think even Pamela had mentioned that it was like 60 or 70% of all Americans live paycheck to paycheck. When they get out of this crisis, when they see this, the light at the end of the tunnel someday, or are you, you thinking something else might happen? What would you suggest they do once they get in a position where they've got their job back or they've, you know, done something else? Maybe they've become an entrepreneur whatever. How do they restructure their thinking so they can actually do this? I love entrepreneurship. I've, I've been a business owner for a very long time. I preach entrepreneurship. I don't believe entrepreneurship is for everybody. So I'll put that there. Owning a business is not for the weak of heart and it's not for certain certain personality types. But what can you do today to get past what's going on? Well, be be well, be safe, keep yourself healthy. If you've got a major medical issue, it can cost you a lot of money. The government right now is pro-business. It is pro like trying to get ahead of a lot of things in terms of 
you know, people that are laid off or people that might have some medical expenses due to this virus, you know, et cetera. So, you know, maybe there's going to be a safety net there, but by all means, you know, it's first to be healthy. That also includes mental health. Get right with your God, your creator, your universe, whatever you call that. Go inside, be mindful, be kind to others, take care of yourself from a stress perspective, figure out a way to sleep. Like all that's so important because if you don't have your health, you've got nothing. Then from a financial perspective, right, try not to worry until we we get past the next couple weeks. When that happens, actually before then, I would journal the things that you're thinking, the things that you're thinking you should have done, not from a beat yourself up, but from a lesson perspective. If I was to talk to, you know, my younger self, what guidance, what coaching would I give that younger self? How can I love on that younger self, right? Again, not from a beat yourself up, but from a forgiveness, from a wisdom perspective, as if you're talking to your child. And then once we get past this, which we will, I believe in the resiliency of America and of people. I believe that we will overcome and can overcome anything, right? We just can't give into the fear. So we have something to come back to. Then remember the advice you would have given, the wisdom you would have given to your younger self. And yeah. then take the advice for your future self. Because unless you think you're going to die now, You've got a future self that you need to take care of and heed the advice and the wisdom. So that's the best What do you think people are learning from this, though, overall? Do you think people are going to start to see the cracks in the system and the weaknesses of having a centralized government and perhaps even take a harder look at the Federal Reserve and their ability to rescue us with helicopter money, some of the other, <laughs> some of the other ideas? What do you think the takeaways are going to be? Well, I think there's some people who, you know, are going to say, government, come save me. Because, you know, that goes back to our reptilian brain. When we're living in fear and stress, you know, the the prefrontal cortex shuts down and you go reptilian and you want to get out of pain. And one way of getting out of pain is thinking that someone is there to save you, right? If you can get, if you can recognize what's going on from that perspective, then, you can decide, right, hey, I need to take responsibility because if I give away my rights in exchange for feeling better today, then I'm really messing myself up. So that's number one. Number two, as far as what people need to think about is, and I think a lot of people are waking up, they're waking up to the fact that how can we give a country who supposedly is not our friend, all of our critical pharmaceutical manufacturing, how can we give somebody who's not our friend so much of our business? How did we get to a point where we we gave away so much of our critical manufacturing? Like in what planet did that make sense? Well, it never made sense unless you're a globalist and don't have any loyalty to any one country, right? And you made a lot of money off of it. 
how can it make sense to have open borders and have anybody with any disease cross without you knowing? I remember when I was in, in law school and the, the building that I worked in, the first floor was a doctor who was who specialized in immigration and he had all sorts of people coming in that were applying to to become a resident and they had to go through through tests and make sure that they didn't have any diseases, right? That makes a lot of sense. But when you have no idea who's here or what they, they, they're coming with, right? That doesn't make sense, right? And the central banking system, understanding how that works, I think people are waking up. When I started on this journey, people had no idea that the Federal Reserve wasn't federal. Like you'd say that and they'd think you were crazy. Today, I don't know what the percentage of people are, but more and more people get that the Federal Reserve is owned by a private group of bankers that that are not concerned with our well-being, right? They just aren't. Exactly. We should demand, right? We should demand something different from those that are supposed to serve us. We should demand a different system. I don't know what the answer is, but I know what's going on is not the answer for our future. Before I let you go, I, I was going to say, how can people work with you and, and who are you looking for as a client? I mean, who's your ideal person other than a sane, rational human being? Who do you look for when you look for clients? Who can you help? Rational human being. You know, people that are open to thinking different, people that um, understand there is a place for saving, people that want more for their money, uh, their safe money than what they get from a savings account or a CD, or people that want to readjust their risk to savings ratio. You know, that's it. That's that's our requirement. We do work with middle America and we work with very, very wealthy individuals and everything in between. We're here to serve our clients at the highest level possible. We've got a team that's been trained and has worked with me for over 16 years. Very few people can say that. 16 years? Oh my gosh, has it been that 16, long? 16. You know, I've got some of my team members that long, right? And so, I know. Phenomenal. You haven't driven them crazy by now? <laughs> you would think I would have driven them absolutely insane and so you know it's not only starting these these strategies but it's managing and serving and loving and it's a process the strategies that we work with you know at the end of the day my clients say you know the best value i've gotten is not only starting the strategy the, the policies or the solutions, but, it, you know, the sounding board and the advice. I've been working with money for over 30 years. It was really funny. And this isn't a backhand compliment to me, but I do want to put it out there. I had a client say to me today, I, I was talking about something and he's like, how do you know all this? You're so young. And I said, well, that's very sweet, but I've been doing this for 30 years at least. And he's like, there's no way you, you're not even 30. So I want to put it out there. That's because she, she lives a healthy lifestyle. I am very careful about my lifestyle, but I am in my 50s. So I, I've been around the block. I've been around the block. So I want to make sure I put that out I there. I know. And you're just, and you're younger than me. And I'm, I've been around the block a few, few times myself. I will always be younger than you, which is cool. We're not throwing chickens. We've been around. And Tammy, would you exchange your wisdom and your experience for youth? Yes. You could only have one or the other. Yes. You can have yes, youth. Yes, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. You would. I mean, I, I wish I could have some version of both of them, actually. But yes, yeah, that's what I'd want. 
all day but long. You, but you've achieved it because you look fantastic and you're not going into Beverly Hills to get surgery. You've done it naturally. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's some of those people, God bless them. They, they come out not looking very natural, which is sad, but um, no, but you haven't had to do that. That's good genetics. That's a combination of good genetics and good lifestyle also. So, and one last thing we, you didn't mention and touch on this. I've been reading a lot about this coronavirus itself. And I actually believe that the number one, it's ironic. It's causing people a lot of stress and stress is one of the number one things that cause it to attack your body. So if I was telling everybody out there, the best thing to do is to try to do what Teresa said and focus on positive things. I've been working myself with a, um, a really wonderful business coach who has been helping me change my neural pathways. Because if you stress out, this thing can really damage your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm so glad to hear you're doing that. That's awesome. I am. I am. And I'll tell you about it in just a second. But let me turn off the recording. As the closing, be well, be safe, be prayerful, and by all means, especially be present. Because if you're worried about the future, it's going to affect today. So be present. Thank you, Teresa. And it's livingwealthyfinancial.com. You can go there and get some stuff. And also, she has Living Wealthy. The, uh, livingwealthyradio.com. You can go there and get some materials and contact Teresa, reach out to her. She is a wealth of information and, and a very a person who really likes people, which is not really easy to find in the financial services industry. So there you go. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.